So, this was aboard my second flight into Hurricane Ian. Back in September of 2022, Hurricane Ian was making its way directly towards the Florida coast. And while most people were searching for ways to get out of the Florida area, Nick Underwood and his NOAA crew were flying straight into the eye of the storm. In this video, we're going through the eye wall of Hurricane Ian and we're watching the radars. We see that, you know, we can see the eye of the storm, but the eye wall just keeps building in front of us. The video that Nick is describing is what you are hearing right now. The whoosh and whir of what it sounded like inside that hurricane plane. And when the video was posted to social media, it pretty much went viral. Many people were left wondering why exactly someone would fly into a hurricane. There goes the signs. There goes the beds. Holy cow. And that was a big drop. That was, <laughs> uh, that was, uh, that was the biggest jolt that I've ever felt on a hurricane flight. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're talking to Nick Underwood, one of the hurricane hunters for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. His job is to fly into the eye of hurricanes, to do it on purpose, again and again. We'll talk to him about why, about what these storms can tell us about life on the ground, and how he keeps his cool after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. So Nick is a scientist, but if you want to get specific, he's got a much more accurate and much longer title. I am the Programs and Integration Engineer at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Aircraft Operations Center, which is a mouthful to say, which is why we normally go by the NOAA Hurricane Hunters. That's a cooler. Just also, that sounds a lot cooler. Just, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, And my job is to help coordinate the installation and approval of all different types of science instruments that go on our fleet of aircraft that we use for airborne science, whether that's Mm. for hunting hurricanes, studying climate change, tracking marine mammals, all of these different missions that we help support. How did you fall into this this daredevil career of yours? How did you end up on these these, 
uh, planes flying into hurricanes? Yeah, so I have a long-term goal of being an astronaut. And the advice I'd gotten from an astronaut uh, just over drinks one night was, if you want to be an astronaut, don't sit behind a desk. And so mm. I went and found a job that at least part of the time, I'm not behind a desk, or at least if I am behind a desk, that desk is on an airplane in a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I never, it's funny because before I started this job, I didn't know that hurricane hunting was a thing. I didn't know how important it was. And now that I've done it for six and a half years at this point, it's tough mm. to imagine doing much of anything else. As exciting as it might seem, the hurricane hunters are not flying out there for the thrill. The information they collect during these missions can provide crucial information that might save lives. The reason we fly these missions is so that the forecasters at the National Hurricane Center can have the most accurate and the most up-to-date data that they can get their hands on. And it's what we call in-situ data. So you can do remote observations with satellites, but actually getting into the storm and collecting those pressure, that temperature, the winds, uh, the humidity data, and getting that into those forecast models makes those forecasts more accurate. And the better job that we can do up in the air, the better those forecasts are going to be, and the earlier you can warn people on the ground that a storm is headed their way. It gives them time to prepare, it gives them time to evacuate, uh, and it just gives them the heads up that you know things may look different around here in a few days. Do you remember your first flight? Uh, first hurricane flight? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, it was Hurricane Matthew in 2016. So this was early October. And it was a night flight. It was a 2 a.m. takeoff. And I was I did not sleep well because, one, I w- it was a short notice that I was going to go on that flight. And two, I was too excited, so I couldn't get a good night's sleep beforehand. And so I show up. I'm pretty tired. I'm just along as an observer and we take off. I'm fine for probably the first two and a half hours. And then after that was the worst five and a half hours of my life. <laughs> I, was, I was very <laughs> sick. I was not feeling good. But still yet, you know, after the sun had come up and we went into the eye on our last pass through and I was able to look out, compose myself long enough to look out and be like, wow this is incredible because it was a category four hurricane at the time yeah and uh so even though i was sick the whole time we landed back and i was like this is great i'm excited to do this again i'm gonna ask you maybe the kind of question i think everyone wants to know which is what is it like to be in the eye of a hurricane like what is the personal experience of of being in a place that very few people ever find themselves. It, uh, well, every storm is different. And yeah. I would say that the most impressive, the most awe-inspiring ones are the major hurricanes, which are category three and above. And hmm. in the daytime, when you get into the eye and you're just, you see this, that you're at the bottom of this bowl with all of these clouds towering up around you. And hmm. it's a journey to get to that point. It, you know, the eye of the storm is very calm compared to the rest of it. Right. But going through the eye wall, going through all of those outer rain bands, that's where you get the turbulence. That is where it's a rough ride, where the pilots are doing their best to keep the aircraft level. Uh, but once you get inside, there's really this appreciation for just how 
large and powerful these storms can get. And for me, it's a reminder of the importance of the work that we do up there. Yeah, so by the time you've gotten to the eye, is it actually sort of a a sigh of relief to arrive at that kind of calm center? It is a a moment of peace, uh, but once you get into the eye, you then have to get back out. And so you have to go back through all of the nastiness of the storm that you just came through. What are you seeing when you approach a hurricane from the air? So as you as we turn inbound and fly towards the center of the storm, once you get into those rain bands, it's just a lot of clouds. It's a lot of wind. It's a lot of rain. And this is assuming that you're in the daytime, because a lot of times we're flying these missions at night because the storm is still developing at night. It's still moving. It's still gathering strength. And so we try to have an aircraft in the storm at all times to be sure that we're gathering data on it as it's going through that intensification process. And so at night, it's dark outside. Sometimes, though, as uh, with the Hurricane Ian flight that got a lot of attention last year, there's a lot of lightning. And so you'll get these flashes of lights, not only from the aircraft, but just from the sheer amount of lightning that is around. It's, uh, it can be very turbulent. And I will say that typically what we find is that the weaker storms, the tropical storms, the Category 1 hurricanes, those tend to be the bumpier rides because they're, they're not as organized. They really don't have their acts together as much as the major hurricanes do. However, I will say that major hurricanes can still toss you around if you're not careful. And that's why we understand that every storm is different and we take a lot, we take the same amount of care that we do with a tropical storm as we do with a Category 5 hurricane. Of course, Nick and his team take safety really seriously. But I still wanted to know what exactly made him feel so certain that he was going to get out safely. This is potentially kind of a rude question, but how do you know that you're not going to die? (laughs) How do you know? Uh, Great question. There's this constant reminder, this constant thought that the people who are flying this aircraft, the pilots up front, the flight engineers, the navigator, the flight director, all of these people are very highly trained and very adept. They're experts at what they do. And so even though you might get, you know, a 2G hit that feels uncomfortable uh, or some, you know, lateral motion that you're maybe not used to, you remind yourself that the people up front are the best at what they do. That gives you this feeling of calmness that we're going to get through this. It may not be fun, but we're going to get through this. I have to admit to you, I am an over the years, it's gotten worse, actually. Like, I am a complete wuss on, with airplane. When, airpl- when you get any kind of drop that you feel in your stomach, mm-hmm. I ju- my knuckles go white. I grab the... You Are you used to that kind of feeling of, of like, those short moments of free fall? I would say so. It's funny now because whenever I get on a commercial flight and there's turbulence, people are always like, oh, but I'm just like, ah, well, this is not, this is not as bad as it could be. What's some of the more beautiful things you've seen on these flights? And what is a really wild, crazy thing that you've seen on the flight? Uh, the most beautiful that I've experienced was actually Hurricane Florence in 2018. Uh, we, had, we were operating out of Bermuda to track that storm. Initially, we just went out there for research. But then as we got into the storm and started collecting data, all of the models started shifting it towards the United States. And so what were research missions became these operational tracking missions. And 
We flew that storm from the time that it was a tropical storm up to when it was a Category 4 hurricane. And seeing that development over two days was crazy because first flight, we go out, you find a tropical storm, you can still see the horizon, there's like some low-level circulation. And then with 48 hours, you had this Category 4 monster storm uh, that really had some of the most beautiful uh, it had the most beautiful eye that I've seen, just perfect, you know, picturesque uh, textbook explanation of what we call the stadium effect, where, you know, you're at the bottom of that bowl. Uh, that's the most beautiful thing. The, the ugly things is when you get into the eye and, you know, you're near the Bahamas or something, and you can look down and see these islands where just they're just getting lashed you know, by storm surge and all of these different waves and stuff. And that's that's the ugly reminder of what these storms, while beautiful in some instances of what they can, you know, the kind of havoc they can wreak on the ground. Working inside of all of these dangerous storms, It's given Nick this kind of deep understanding of their impact, both of the data that he helps collect and their impact in the real world. How has all this work, you know, these 20 some flights, uh, how has it affected your sort of perspective on these storms? Uh, I I would say that I've had um, a lot of personal growth over the last few years just being in this job. A big part of that is, you know, the first couple of years, you're just excited to be part of the team and, uh, you know, wow, we're in a hurricane and all of that. But then, you know, you when you zoom out and you realize just how many people are relying on the data we collect, it, it's a heavier weight because you want to do a good job day in and day out, whether you're, you know, sitting at a desk just helping plan out what these flights are going to be and what types of instrumentation we're going to have on, or you're actually, you know, out deployed in Aruba, flying storms as they're curving up towards the United States. And so I I think I just have a deeper appreciation for just how much people rely on this stuff. And, you know, I, I live in St. Petersburg, Florida now, which, and, you know, pretty much right on Tampa Bay and Hurricane Ian, for example, when I left you know, said goodbye to my fiance and, you know, friends and stuff said, hey, I'm going to go fly this storm. At that time, it was forecast, the, you know, the center of the forecast cone was straight up Tampa Bay. And so I left thinking, I, who knows what my town's going to look like here in a couple of days. And so, you know, that that kind of stuff, just giving you that that broader perspective, it's, uh, yeah, that that's what all of this has taught me over the last couple, six years. Now Nick hopes that the general public can look past the shock value of the viral video and maybe see more of NOAA and its importance to our understanding of science. I think just that NOAA is probably the most important and most, the the least well-known, like, government organization. Like, People know the National Weather Service, but like the National Weather Service is under NOAA. It just kind of happens in the background. Of course, people think about it when there's a hurricane coming towards their house. But, you know, otherwise, probably back of the mind. 
A big thank you to Nick Underwood and Jonathan Shannon from NOAA for making this interview happen. For more information on the Hurricane Hunters, go to NOAA.gov. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman, Gabby Gladney. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.